Hey friends, welcome to Monday and today's episode of Enough for Today. Hope you had a great weekend. We did it Emmanuel. We're thankful for God's grace and blessing and we start a new week. And it is such a privilege to open God's word with you for just a few minutes every day. And I really thank you for joining me. We are starting Psalm 49. So I invite you to open your Bible there. We read this on Friday, 20 verses of instruction. So this Psalm's a little different. It almost reads like Ecclesiastes or Proverbs. It expounds the futility of earthly wealth. Okay, it, it helps us prioritize it, helps us order it. And we're going to talk about just the first five verses today, uh, but lots of instruction here and lots of rearranging of our hearts. And that's what I want to encourage you to do with this psalm is let God rearrange your heart, okay? Colossians teaches us to set our affections on things above. And in a, in, in a very significant way, that is liberty. That is to be set free from the traps and the burdens of temporary idols, things that are going to just fall apart and let us down, lead us down the wrong road, uh, and build us a life of regrets, okay? So when we set our affections on things above, first of all, that's our true Savior and Lord Jesus, and He's our true provider, and our material world re- really hinges on His provision and providence. But secondly, that's where we're going to go. Uh, that's the most substantive part of our reality and our existence is not this temporary world, but the world where we're going, our true home. We're pilgrims. We're just passing through. We're not here for long. So this uh, this psalm and others like it, instructions like this, will help us to properly order our affections, our hearts, uh, first with Jesus and then things after that that he values and things that he aligns in his will. Now, let me just say this again. This this teaching and this psalm and psalms like it is not to um, say that there's intrinsically something uh, wicked or evil about money or material things. God created money and material things. It's the love of money, okay? It's the affection that becomes um, improperly ordered, inordinate affection is the term for it, where we love money in place of Jesus, his will, his provision, um, in place of his priorities in our lives or material things. So so understand, you don't need to be, feel guilty or shameful about having things that God has given you. His blessings are yours to enjoy, yours to steward, yours to invest, yours to leverage for his kingdom. And I know a lot of people that just have been given the gift by God to be able to reproduce financial resources. They're just very good at it. They're very savvy. Uh, They make good decisions. They know what to do to multiply resources, especially for the kingdom. And I I know uh, people that that is, there's not only a spiritual gift that they have, but it's really their mission. They have the gift of giving. And and along with that, they find great joy in, in, in seeing investments increase, seeing their resources increase so they can do significant things with their resources for kingdom purposes. So I want you to understand that God... Uh, God ordains these things. Jesus' ministry was funded uh, by powerful, materially wealthy people who got behind and, and, and provided for what he was doing. Same thing with the Apostle Paul and, uh, and others in the New Testament. Throughout Scripture, God provides in many different ways. Um, but one of the ways he provides is he blesses people and uh, they bless ministry. They bless kingdom work. So I just want you to understand 
the, the, the sense of Scripture when it comes to money is not that uh, we shouldn't have it. The sense of Scripture is that we shouldn't love it, and we shouldn't tie our hopes to it or our hearts to it. We should not esteem it in the, in the way that we would worship God or see God as our ultimate provider. So with that said, let's look at the first five verses of the psalm. Hear this, all ye people, give ear all ye inhabitants of the world. So it's like the town crier saying, hear ye, hear ye. The author of the psalm is saying, this is a message for everybody. Nobody escapes the need for hearing this message, okay? I want everybody to give ear to this. And it's a reminder to us that God's message is available to the whole world, for the whole world, because he loves the whole world, okay? Verse 2, both low and high, rich and poor. Um, so the sense of this is um, powerful and weak, strong and weak, elevated, prominent people, marginalized, outcast people, and everybody in between. And then rich and poor, again, materialistically wealthy. And for the most part, those of us watching or listening to this podcast are rich. We would fall into that category because by the world, and you may, may not be rich according to the standard of income in your demographic, but according to the world standard, um, any anyone in, in America for the most part is rich, rich and poor together. So those with and those without together, this law, this instruction, this reality transcends all stations of life. Everybody needs this message and everybody can have this message, which is awesome. And by the way, there's a gospel message woven throughout this psalm that you're going to see. If you didn't hear it yesterday when we read it, you'll see it as we go. So verse 3 my mouth shall speak of wisdom, and the meditation of my heart shall be of understanding. Now, that is not instructional to us as much as it is indicative. The, psalm, the psalmist, the writer, is saying, I'm about to say something wise. I'm about to open up uh, the meditation of my heart that is understanding. Now, this is the inspired word of God. It's the preserved word of God for us. So it is God speaking to us, right? And whenever we open God's word, we are opening up the wisdom of God. We're opening up the understanding of God as he revealed himself to God followers throughout the centuries, throughout time. And so the psalmist is saying, what you're about to read is wisdom. What you're about to read is going to give you understanding. Now, the, the Proverbs teach us wisdom is the principal thing, okay? Wisdom, often in the Old Testament, a picture of Jesus, okay? Jesus is the fount of all wisdom. He is wisdom personified. And so if we're going to get anything in life, get wisdom, get understanding, it is the, the worth, the value of wisdom is far above earthly treasure, rubies, gold, silver. It's far above earthly achievement. So lots of wealthy, lots of brilliant, uh, lots of intelligent, ac academically intelligent people, lots of powerful people are foolish. They just don't have wisdom. They don't have understanding. They're blind. They're ignorant in their rejection of God. So the psalmist is saying, listen up, the whole world. I'm getting ready to give you wisdom. I'm getting ready to give you understanding. And one of the things I rejoice in is that we have access to the wisdom of God. And let me encourage you, my friend, be careful. Psalms, uh, um, Proverbs 3, in all thy ways acknowledge him, he shall direct. Trust in the Lord, with all thine heart, and lean not to thine own understanding. 
in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. We need a, a we need an instinctive, we need a responsive posture towards God that says, I am going to lean away from my understanding and God, I'm going to lean into your understanding. I want to hear your wisdom. I want to reach out and pursue your wisdom. I want understanding. Let me just ask you this, friend. Do you want to know what you don't know? Are you willing to receive wisdom or are you leaning on your own? Are you just confident that you know, that your perspective is right, that your understanding is accurate? Or do you ask God on a regular basis to give you wisdom and to give you understanding because he wants to? One of the most dangerous places you can be as a believer is to presume that your view is always right, that your understanding is always accurate. That's deadly, okay, because none of us have an always accurate view or an always accurate understanding. And so it's so vital that we have ears to hear and a heart to absorb the wisdom and the understanding that God gives us. Look at verse 4 quickly. I will incline mine ear to a parable. I will open my dark sayings upon the harp. All he's saying is I'm going to unfold a riddle to you that basically the world, the world without God doesn't get this. Uh, they're blind to it. They they push it out of their mind. They don't want to conf- they don't want to be confronted by this truth. They do everything they can to avoid it. And he says, "I'm going to open. <clears throat> I'm going to speak a riddle, a, a dark saying, and I'm going to open it up. I'm going to explain it on my harp. I'm going to write this song. I'm going to sit down and play it, and I'm going to reveal to you a riddle of life, a dark saying of life, upon my harp. And we're going to park it there, okay? And we're just going to have our curiosity." peaked, okay? It's Monday, so we are going to cruise forward this week into the dark saying, into the riddle, and we're going to ask God to teach us. So come tomorrow with an open heart, uh, with eyes that want to be enlightened, hungry for wisdom, hungry for understanding, as God teaches us through this song. Happy Monday. We'll see you tomorrow.